grateful that you have a chance today to get to know one of the people associated with the Alliance of Reformed Churches. That's Dan Ackerman, as you saw. Es un placer poder eh, presentar a uno de los, de los que trabajan con la Alianza. This, as we announced last week, is the organization that our servant team at Sunrise is recommending that we as a congregation affiliate with. El equipo de Cielos ha recomendado que nos afiliemos con esta organización. So, in the next few weeks, we really want to get information in front of you. We're going to be, you're going to be hearing from more people from the Alliance in the weeks to come. But we want you to know that today, after worship, we are going to have a brief question and answer forum for any and all who want to stay and get more information. Vamos a tener un tiempo de preguntas y respuestas después del servicio hoy. We have put together, in case you haven't seen it, a, a document of frequently asked questions. It's on the table in the back, and we hope that you've had a chance to look at it and read it over. But even if you haven't, come to this uh, time together. I will be there to do my best to put more light on your path because on Sunday, October 2, we will be making a decision as mission partners of Sunrise whether we want to go with the Alliance of Reformed Churches, as our servant team has suggested. Uh, el 12 de octubre vamos a tener un voto oficial si queremos afiliarnos con la Alianza de Iglesia Reformada. So please be praying. Uh, if you can't make today's question and answer forum, we have another one on September 25 as well. So uh, we want you to be informed. And you can always come to me or any of our servant team leaders uh, in the process and ask your questions, and we'll do our very best to get answers. So thank you. Thank you for your support in that. Uh, right now, I see boys and girls that I want to send off for children in worship time. They're excited to go, ready to go. So kids, have a great time, okay? And I hope that you'll learn more about Jesus because that's what we're going to be doing back here. Quiero despedir a los niños al tiempo de niños en adoración. While they're heading out, I also want to greet those of you who may be viewing online and worshiping online with us today, I pray that, that you're able to connect with us in this way and maybe in person too, as soon as God permits. It would be great to see you here, but if, since you can't be here, we're glad that you're there watching and, and tying in in this way. Saludo a todos los que están mirando en línea también. So <clears throat> today we are in the very last of a series of messages. We've been in a series called Exposing Fake Good News. Estamos en una serie sobre exponiendo las buenas noticias falsas. And to begin this last message, we want to look at, at a scripture which is found in Paul's letter to the Colossian Christians. Colossians chapter 1, verses 25 through 27. Vamos a mirar Colosenses 1, versículos 25 al 27. It's in the New Testament. It's in the second half of the Bible. And as you're getting there, I want you to be aware, we're going to be looking at more Bible verses along the way, so please don't close your Bible once we read this. Keep your Bibles open. That's a great way to have your Bible anyway at all times. But uh, we'll be having more scripture. Vamos a estar mirando más textos en el camino, así que mantengan abiertas sus Biblias durante el mensaje. So I'm going to read first in Spanish, then I will read in English. Voy a leer primero en español. Paul, who is writing here, is at the beginning talking about his service to the church. Pablo está hablando de su relación y su servicio a la iglesia. And this is what God's word says. Escuchen la palabra de Dios. Dice, de esta iglesia llegué a ser servidor según el plan que Dios me encomendó para ustedes, el dar cumplimiento a la palabra de Dios, anunciando el misterio que se ha mantenido oculto por siglos y generaciones, pero que ahora se ha manifestado a sus santos. 
a estos Dios se propuso dar a conocer cuál es la gloriosa riqueza de este misterio entre las naciones que es Cristo en ustedes la esperanza de gloria Paul says I have become its servant the church's servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory so I don't know if you realize it or not, but we live in a society, we live in a culture that firmly believes in the myth of relentless human progress. I want you to think about that for a minute. Nuestra cultura cree en el mito del progreso humano continuo. We live in an environment where people believe that we as human beings were always getting better. We're always improving. We're always going higher. We're always achieving more. Nuestra cultura cree que como seres humanos siempre estamos mejorándonos. Athletes are always running faster. They're always throwing farther. They're always jumping higher. Los atletas corren, corren más rápido y cada vez uh, tiran más lejos. Machines. Machines are getting more sophisticated and powerful all the time. Las máquinas se ponen cada vez más sofisticadas y poderosas. Computers. Computers are smarter. They've got more memory. In fact, we're at a point now where we are actually living into this thing called artificial intelligence. Las computadoras eh, son más poderosas, más inteligentes hasta el punto de arti uh, inteligencia artificial. So everything that around us, that we see around us is supposedly going onward and upward. It's all improving. It's continual continual progress hay un progreso continuo and with that environment with that mindset in our culture it, it is very tempting for us to believe that because everything around us is improving because technology is improving because medicine is improving we're improving we're better than ever before we're smarter than ever before we're wiser than ever before we're more intelligent than ever before con que todo se mejora pensamos que nosotros somos cada vez más inteligentes y sabios people who lived before us before the 21st century ah they were clueless they were ignorant They were backward. They didn't know what they were doing. La gente que vivía antes era, era gente ignorante, atrasada. Is that so? Well, then let me ask you this. Do you know how to operate a slide rule? ¿Saben operar una regla de cálculo? Now, some of you are right there saying, what's a slide rule? ¿Qué es una regla de cálculo? That's a slide rule. Okay, so it was about two or three weeks ago, Greg and I were just kind of talking, uh, and, and out of the blue, this, this topic of slide rules came up, and Greg's like, what's a slide rule? He didn't know, estaba hablando con Greg, y él no sabía que era una regla de cálculo. Well, a slide rule, as you can see, is like three rulers in one, it's got some sliding things on the inside there, es como tres reglas en una. And before the invention of electronic calculators, before the invention of handheld calculators, slide rules were used for some 400 years to make 
complex math equations, to, to do complex calculations with precision, with accuracy. Se usaban 400 años estas reglas para hacer cálculos de matemáticas muy precisos. I can remember using a slide rule and learning how to use one in, in, in seventh grade. Okay, usaba uno en séptimo grado. Now that was not 400 years ago, okay? But I can remember this, a slide rule. And the interesting thing about this is, believe it or not, slide rules were used by NASA engineers to send the first men to the moon. That's how they made their calculations. Se usaba para enviar a los primeros hombres a la luna. Guess what? Today we're still trying to get people back to the moon again. We tried yesterday and failed without slide rules, mind you. Maybe they need to go back to slide rules. That's just my personal take on it. Maybe they would be more successful. Están intentando enviar personas a la luna sin reglas de cálculo y no ha funcionado todavía. So call it primitive if you like, but you see slide rules those backward things, they are capable of sending people out of this world. And that's an amazing thing. Las reglas de cálculo pueden enviar a personas fuera de este mundo. So I want you to have this in mind because you see there's a mentality that people have adopted from this idea of progress that bleeds over into our faith. Esta mentalidad también se ve en nuestra fe because there are those around us who would say that, that when it comes to understanding God, when it comes to understanding the things of God, who God is and, and how God is at work in our world, we're just smarter than ever before. We're wiser than we've ever been. Hay los que piensan que al entender a Dios somos más sabios e inteligentes. In fact, some of these people would point to the Bible and say, you know, that book, that's a primitive book. It's just an old and backward book. Hay los que señalan la Biblia como algo atrasada. They didn't know what they were talking about. There are those who would say that, that what we have in the Bible really is just our ancestors' best but imperfect attempt to really understand God. La Biblia es como el esfuerzo de nuestros antepasados, un esfuerzo imperfecto de entender a Dios. God bless them, they, they were trying, but they, they don't know as much as we do. And so with that comes that mentality of if we know better, then maybe we can move beyond this book. Maybe we don't need this book because after all, we're always progressing. We're wiser, we're smarter than ever before. Es la idea de que podemos ir más allá de este libro. This idea of progress or a progressive view of, of, of the things of God is is really captured by a guy named Brian McLaren, an author, an author, Brian McLaren, uh, uh, pues él da esta perspectiva, and, and this is what he says. He says, as human capacity grows to conceive of a higher and wiser view of God, each new vision is faithfully preserved in scripture like fossils in layers of sediment. Él dice, con cada nueva visión de Dios vemos otra capa eh, de una nueva visión en la Biblia como fósiles en capas de sedimento. What's he saying? He's saying the Bible is a dead relic. Dice que la Biblia es una reliquia muerta. In other words, what you have in the Bible, according to Brian McLaren, is kind of like an archaeological dig. 
Es como una excavación arqueológica. You've got layer upon layer upon layer of old thinking about God and each one gets a little bit better but, but really it's old and it's outdated and we can now go beyond this because we've got higher and better thoughts happening all the time. We're getting better. Podemos ir más allá de la Biblia porque contiene pensamientos antiguos acerca de Dios y podemos ir más allá de esos pensamientos. Now, now the assumption behind that is that what we have in the Bible, what this is, is, is really a record of human thought and of, of, of human attempts, human efforts to try to figure out God. Se asume que es un record de pensamientos humanos para descifrar quién es Dios. And what we have in the Bible really is the history or the record of, of human beings trying to kind of pierce through the clouds to get to a higher spiritual plane and to, to understand something that is really big. Es el esfuerzo humano para llegar a otro plano espiritual. That's the view. Now, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about itself? ¿Qué dice la Biblia de sí misma? Well, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, the scripture we just read, the early church leader Paul has a much different perspective. Pablo tiene otra perspectiva aquí. Again, as I said before, he's talking about serving in the church, and he says, I have become its, the church's servant, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. De esta iglesia llegué a ser servidor según el plan que Dios me encomendó para ustedes, el dar cumplimiento a la palabra de Dios. Paul saying, my role in the church, the mission I have from God, the commission I have been given by God is to give you the, the message of God, the word of God in its completeness, in its fullness, in its perfection. Mi comisión es darle la palabra de Dios en su cumplimiento, en su perfección. He goes on to say that this word of God, this full word of God is the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints, that is to the believers in the church. Es el misterio que se ha mantenido oculto por siglos y generaciones pero que ahora se ha manifestado a sus santos. In other words, what he's saying is that what we have here is a divine secret, a divine mystery that nobody could figure out, nobody could see. But now that divine secret that's been there forever and ever since the beginning of time, now that has been unwrapped, it's been disclosed and revealed so that God's people can see it in its completeness. Había un secreto divino que se ha revelado ahora a nosotros en su plenitud. It's complete. This mystery is not a mystery anymore because we can see it. Verse 27. To them, to God's people, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that is among the nations, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. A eso Dios se propuso dar a conocer cuál es la gloriosa riqueza de este misterio entre las naciones, que es Cristo en ustedes, la esperanza de gloria. So what is this mystery? What is this divine secret that was under wraps for so long is now out there, 
for everybody to see. What is this secret that can now be shown to all the nations of the world? ¿Cuál es este secreto que se ha manifestado a todo el mundo? It is Jesus Christ. But it's more than, than just Jesus Christ coming to earth. It's more than Jesus coming to live for sinners and die for sinners and rise for sinners. Es más que Jesús en la tierra para morir, resucitar y vivir por pecadores. No, it is Christ coming to live in sinners. To bring them the hope of glory, the hope of being made new, the hope of being accepted by God and brought into his new creation. Es Cristo en ustedes la esperanza de la gloria, de la nueva creación, de aceptación de Dios. This is the word of God in all its fullness. And so what Paul is saying here is that, that the entire purpose of the Bible, the entire purpose of God's word is to reveal to us God's great plan for everything and that plan culminates in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the fullness of Jesus la Biblia eh, revela el plan de Dios que tiene su cumbre en Jesús. There's a name for this that Bible scholars have. It's called progressive revelation. Se trata de la revelación progresiva. What's that? Well, progressive revelation is the understanding that when we, when we look at the Bible, what we have here is not a record of people getting smarter and smarter and smarter about God. La Biblia no se trata de personas que se ponen cada vez más inteligentes sobre Dios. In fact, I don't know about you, I look at the Bible, I see people making the same dumb mistakes over and over again. They never learn. Guess what? I make those same dumb mistakes over and over again. The Bible's not a record of us getting better about our understanding of God. Uh, las personas hacen las, los mismos errores una y otra vez. No, what we have in the Bible is progressive revelation. In other words, God, over a period of time, from Genesis on forward, God slowly but surely and intentionally is gradually unveiling, disclosing his plan and his truth until that truth is completely revealed, perfectly shown to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is the full and final revelation of God. En la Biblia Dios revela poco a poquito su plan hasta que se manifieste completamente en el Señor Jesús. So in the Bible what God's doing is he's showing people something that, that they could never figure out for themselves. That's what revelation means. It means this is something that we could never ever, uh, you know, get it all figured out. Dios muestra algo que nunca pudimos descifrar. He's showing us our own sin. He's showing us our own need. He's showing us the character of God. He's, he's showing us the love of God. Nos muestra nos, nuestro pecado, el amor de Dios, su carácter. And if you read through the Bible, beginning with Adam and Eve, and then moving on to Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets, all the way through, what we see God doing is slowly, faithfully putting more and more light on people's paths until it all culminates with Jesus, the light of the world, completely shining on the human race. 
Desde Adán y Eva hasta Abraham, Moisés, David y los profetas, Dios pone más luz en la senda de las personas hasta que llegue a la luz del mundo en Jesús. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebreos 1.1. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Dios muchas veces y que de varias maneras habló a nuestros antepasados en otras épocas por medio de los profetas. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. En estos días finales nos ha hablado por medio de su hijo. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, the perfect, the complete, the full representation of God's being. El hijo es el resplandor de la gloria de Dios y la fiel, perfecta, completa imagen de lo que él es. Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. So the Bible, yes, it's getting clearer. Yes, the Bible's message gets stronger as you go on. But the reason it's getting clearer and stronger is not because we're getting smarter but because God is showing more and more and more of himself until he gives us the whole picture, the full and final revelation of himself in Jesus. En la Biblia vemos cada vez más un mensaje más claro, no porque seamos tan inteligentes, sino porque Dios nos da luz hasta la revelación final en Jesús. So, there's a glaring difference between seeing the Bible as God's book and the Bible as a human document. Those are the two choices between, uh, before us. Hay una diferencia entre ver la Biblia como un libro de Dios y de seres humanos. You've got to, in a sense, take your pick. Is, it, is this God's book? Is this from God or is this a human document? Is de Dios o es un documento humano? I can say this much that I believe that the moment you close off the possibility that this is God's book, the moment you simply look at the Bible from this level, from the human level, and see it as a human thing, a human record, an old human book, the mystery of the Bible is going to be closed to you. You will not see it. El momento que piensas que es un documento humano no vas a ver el misterio de la Biblia. The point of the Bible will actually be lost to you. And it doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It's not about intelligence. There are a lot of smart people that read the Bible as a human book, but they miss Jesus. Hay muchos que leen la Biblia como un documento humano, pero son inteligentes y no ven a Jesús. I've quoted a guy by the name of Richard Rohr before, and I'm very sure that Richard Rohr is an intelligent man. I say that honestly, seriously. Richard Rohr is un hombre muy inteligente. But listen to what he says about the Bible and about Jesus. Escuchen lo que dice. He says, just interpret the Bible, the scriptures, the way Jesus did. Interpreten las escrituras como Jesús. And how does Richard Rohr think Jesus interprets the Bible? He says, he ignores, denies, or opposes his own scriptures whenever they are imperialistic, punitive, exclusionary or tribal. Jesús ignora, niega o se opone a sus escrituras cuando son demasiadas imperialistas, punitivas, excluyentes y tribales. What's he saying? He's saying Jesus contradicts 
the scriptures that came before him when they don't meet his standards. Jesus is against the scriptures before him because those were just ignorant people trying to figure out God. Jesús contradice las escrituras que eran antes de él porque eran de personas ignorantes. Well, let's see if that's the case by looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Mateo 5, 17. This is Jesus speaking here. Habla Jesús, and he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. No piensen que he venido a anular la ley o los profetas. No he venido a anularlos, sino a darles cumplimiento. Do not think that I have come to contradict the scriptures that were before me, to ignore them, oppose them, deny them, abolish them. No he venido a ignorar los textos antes que venía yo. Those scriptures are perfect and good because they point to me. I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. See, I'm the light that those scriptures were pointing to. No venido a anularlos, sino a darles cumplimiento. Eran perfectos esos textos, porque me señalaban a mí. It's a way different way of looking at it, right? The Bible is all about pointing to the mystery of God in Jesus. He's the full, final, perfect revelation of who God is and God's plan for all the world. Jesús es la, la, la revelación completa, perfecta y final de quien es Dios. And you cannot go beyond Jesus. You cannot add anything more to Jesus in terms of who God is and what God's done. He's the exact representation of God. No puedes añadir más a quien es Jesús. In fact, the Bible itself would warn us against adding on to Jesus anything. No debemos añadirle a Jesús ninguna cosa. Look with me at Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbios 30, versículo 5. First of all, Proverbs 35 makes an incredible statement. It says, every word of God is flawless. Every word is perfect in its place. Toda palabra de Dios es digna de crédito, es decir, sin tacha. And then verse 6 says this, do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. No añadas nada a sus palabras, no sea que te reprenda y te exponga como a un mentiroso. The very last page of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, verse 18, talks about this. Apocalipsis 22, 18, habla de esto. Really just, the, you know, just a few verses away from the end of the Bible, it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. A todo el que escuche las palabras del mensaje profético de este libro, le advierto esto, si alguno le añade algo, Dios le añadirá a él las plagas escritas en este libro. And it goes on to say, if anyone takes words away, from this book of prophecy. God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Si alguno quite palabras este libro de profecía, Dios le quitará su parte del árbol de la vida y de la ciudad santa descritos en este libro. So we, we need to be careful about how we read the Bible. We need to be careful. Hay que tener cuidado. This is not just 
dumb people getting smarter. This is not just a human thing. No es solo una cosa humana. In fact, what we have here is progressive revelation. People get wiser because God shows them things. Las personas se ponen sabias porque Dios les muestra cosas. Abraham, for example. Abraham in the Old Testament, if you know his story, he didn't understand everything that God was telling him when God told him he was going to bless all the nations through Abraham's family. Abraham had no clue what God was talking about. Abraham no sabía qué decía Dios cuando decía que iba a bendecir a todas las naciones en su familia. He didn't know that God was talking about Jesus coming out of Abraham's family to bless all the nations. No sabía que se trataba de Jesús bendiciendo a las naciones. King David, same thing. King David did not see the whole picture when God revealed to him that he would always have a descendant on the throne forever and ever and ever. David no sabía que decía Dios cuando decía que tendría un descendiente en el trono para siempre. He, he thought maybe that I'll just keep having, you know, further generations on the throne always. He didn't understand God was talking about one son, Jesus being on the throne forever and ever and ever. David couldn't see that. But God was revealing him part of the plan. David no podía ver que eso se trataba de Jesús en el trono para siempre. So Abraham didn't get the whole picture. David didn't get the whole picture. But you know who did get the whole picture? The disciples of Jesus. They got the whole picture. Los discípulos de Jesús tenían todo el panorama. In fact, if we look at 1 John chapter 1, these are words from the disciple John who was with Jesus. Son palabras de Juan, el discípulo. Listen to what he says. It's powerful. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's saying, we have seen, we have heard, we have looked at, we have touched the full and final revelation of God's word, Jesus. Hemos visto y tocado la revelación final en Jesús. Lo que ha sido de ese principio, lo que hemos oído, lo que hemos visto con nuestros propios ojos, lo que hemos contemplado y hemos tocado con las manos, esto les anunciamos respecto al verbo que es vida. We've seen it all. He goes on in verse 2 to say, The life appeared. We've seen it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has now appeared to us. Les anunciamos a ustedes la vida eterna que estaba con el Padre y se ha manifestado a nosotros. The full and final word of God has come to us. And because those disciples saw the whole picture, they wrote it down and we can see the whole picture. That's good news. So, if you're wondering about the Bible this morning, I want to encourage you. The Bible is not some backward book written by backward people with some backward ideas about God. La Biblia no es un libro atrasado de ideas atrasadas, escrita, escrita por personas atrasadas. It's, it's not. That's fake good news. Son buenas noticias falsas. Yes, the Bible was written by people. It was written by people. Fue escrita por las personas, but it doesn't come from people. No viene de las personas. There's a big difference. In fact, just one page before 1 John 
Second or Peter chapter 1 verse 20 makes it clear. Segunda Pedro 1:20 it says above all above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophets own interpretation. This was not the prophet's idea to write something down. Ante todo tenga muy presente que ninguna profecía de la escritura surge de la interpretación particular de nadie. No prophecy came from the prophet. For prophecy never had its origins in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Porque la profecía no ha tenido su origen en la voluntad humana, sino que los profetas hablaron de parte de Dios impulsados por el Espíritu. In other words, this is not just a human book. Yes, there are human fingerprints all over it. It was written by humans, but it is not from people. It is from God. It is God breathed. As 2 Timothy 3 says, es inspirado por Dios, God breathing through the prophets, God inspiring, carrying them along to write down the message that God wanted to reveal to you and to me. Dios les inspiró a los escritores para darnos el mensaje de Dios. That's the Bible. The Bible's like a slide rule. La Biblia es como una regla de cálculo. Yes, it's ancient, it's old, but that doesn't mean it's inferior. In fact, the Bible is God's ingenious tool for revealing to us the real good news found in Jesus. La Biblia es la herramienta ingenia para revelarnos las buenas noticias de verdad en Jesús. So with, with that in mind, the encouragement then is trust this book. I find as I grow in my reading in the Bible, I trust this book more than I did when I began my journey 43 years ago as a Christian. Yo confío en este libro más que nunca. I find more reasons to rely on this book than ever. Trust this book. Read this book. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Estudien este libro. Leanlo. Mediten en él. Memorícenlo. Believe it. Crean en él. Follow it. You see, God's word challenges us to reject the myth of continual human progress and to submit to its message, to submit to its purpose as the revelation of God's full and final truth found in Jesus Christ. La Biblia nos insta de, de confiar en su mensaje como la revelación de la verdad completa y final en el Señor Jesucristo. With that in mind, what I'd like us to do in responding to this amazing scripture that we've looked at today is to stand and affirm with some Christians that are long gone the truth of what we believe. There's a creed called the Nicene Creed. It's an old statement of faith that is, I think, ever relevant for today. And so I want to invite you to stand. Vamos a ponernos de pie. This may be a new statement for you as you read it, but as you read it, I want you to realize, to really take in what it's saying about the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And I hope that we can do that together. So 
We're going to read one screen at a time. We'll read in English and then in Spanish and go on to the next screen and read English and then Spanish. And we'll make our, make our way through it. So, vamos a leer primero inglés, después español y después seguimos a la próxima pantalla. So, what do we believe? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. Creo en un solo Dios Padre Todopoderoso, Creador del cielo y de la tierra, y de todas las cosas visibles e invisibles. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him, all things were made. Y en un solo Señor Jesucristo, Hijo unigénito de Dios, engendrado del Padre antes de todos los siglos, Dios de Dios, luz de luz, verdadero Dios de Dios verdadero, engendrado, no hecho, consubstancial con el Padre, por el cual todas las cosas fueron hechas. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. El cual por amor a nosotros y por nuestra salud descendió del cielo, y tomando nuestra carne de la Virgen María por el Espíritu Santo fue hecho hombre, y fue crucificado por nosotros bajo el poder de Poncio Pilato, padeció y fue sepultado. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Y al tercer día resucitó según las escrituras, Subió a los cielos y está sentado a la diestra de Dios Padre. Y vendrá otra vez con gloria a juzgar a los vivos y a los muertos. Y su reino no tendrá fin. Praise God. Please be seated. Lord, we confess our faith and we put our trust in you, Jesus. You are the living word that the holy, flawless written word of God points to. Help us to trust and to know that truth and to live in its light, in your light, Jesus. Ayúdanos, Señor, a vivir en la luz de que tú eres la verdad final y completa de Dios, que tú eres el verbo encarnado al que la Biblia nos indica. Thank you, Lord. Move us by your spirit to know you more and more through your precious word. Que te conozcamos cada vez mejor en tu palabra. We ask this in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and all God's people said.